is the Ali Le Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the view from the terraces at Liverpool FC. Welcome to the latest offering of Ale La Rouge here on the Blood Red Podcast. As you'll tell already, it's not the usual dulcet tones of Peter Hooten in the chair for this episode, but myself, Guy Clark, instead. I hope you're all well and thanks for joining us. Whilst Peter isn't with us for the latest episode, collecting their hat-trick ball each for a third run out on the pod, we have Ella Hooten, Naya Robinson and Kaylee Brand here to get into all the latest Reds chatter. Girls, how are you all keeping? Good, yeah. Well, other than it being an international break. I was yeah. going to say, even with it being the international break, we've still <laughs> kind of got a uh, a fair bit to get into. We're going to talk about Stephen Gerrard taking on the job at Aston Villa. We're going to talk about Michael Edwards' departure from Liverpool that was announced this week. And we will also touch on the football as well. But Ella, I'll, I'll throw over to you first and let's get into Stephen Gerrard going to Aston Villa. First of all, Think it's a good move for him rather than Aston Villa. We'll talk about Stephen Gerrard. Do you think it's a good move for, for Stephen Gerrard going there? I do think it's a good move. I think he needs to prove himself, like in the Premier League. I feel like if he, he was coming to Liverpool after Rangers, I don't think he would have been able to prove himself. So I think that Villa have got like a young squad. They've got like ambitious owners like who want to spend. So they'll back him in the transfer market. So yeah, I'm excited for him. I didn't, yeah, I'm excited for him to be honest. I hope he does well, except when he's playing us, obviously. And he might be able to take a few points off our rivals here and there, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it is less than a month now until he's going to be back at Anfield, the 11th of yeah. December. That's going to be a weird one, isn't it? Seeing Steven Gerrard back in the Premier League, back at Anfield, but not in the Liverpool dugout. I know, I thought that, like, I've seen on social media today, like him holding up the Aston Villa shirt, and it was just like, it doesn't look right, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's going to be mad. Um, hopefully, we beat them in his, in his um, Anfield return, because obviously, we need the points. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Naya, what's your take on it? I'm the same as Ella. I think it's a good move for him. He needs to sort of prove himself in the Prem. I think it's a good team to go to as well. They're, they're not doing too bad, given they've sold Jack Realich. Um, they've brought in some some good, decent players, I think. So it's time for him to sort of build his way of play, I think, and show what he's about in the Prem. And hopefully he'll get a bigger job if he does well there. Yeah. I said, didn't I? I, I think it's, it's a good move for him in terms of, you know, like him and Frank Lampard sort of retired at the similar time and they've both gone into management. And I think, obviously, everyone thinks, oh, Gerard's done well at Rangers and Lampard did well at Derby. But then I think... Going from, I mean, you're not going to turn it down, are you? But going from Derby to Chelsea, I just think that the levels are just insane. And I just think they're only young, they're inexperienced at being a manager. They might have been managed by the best managers they've been, but in terms of them being in that role, I think it does take time. So I think him actually going, not away, but, you know, to a different league and a different, like, sort of country and uh, Scotland, but, um, and sort of in this trade there, I think, that was good for him. And then think coming back and going to Aston Villa, which I do think it's a bit of a step because I think the league's better. I think learning that, with it, it's not, you know, the ambitions are not massive. I think it's, it's the more realistic. And I think if he can stay there for a little bit, and I do think they're going to give him a bit of a chance. I, I, I think it's perfect for him in terms of getting him to the level that, you know, to be an elite manager. So I think it's, it's a better move for him than... Lampard, the, the route Lampard took. So, good luck to him. Like, 
do you think it would have been impossible then for him to go from straight from Rangers to Liverpool? Because inevitably everyone is going to say it's a stepping stone towards getting back to, to Liverpool and taking the Liverpool job, maybe off the back of Jurgen Klopp in, in 2024. There was kind of the argument from the Rangers side that actually he could have still done more there in terms of actually get them into the Champions League, even try and get them out of a group stage of a Champions League in years to come as well. But do you think he needed to prove himself in the Premier League perhaps before taking that jump? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the Premier League is like the most attractive league, isn't it? And like not being sly, but the Scottish League, it's, there's no attraction to it. So like obviously he's done well with Rangers, but like he needed to come to the Prem. I couldn't see him going from Rangers and then straight to Liverpool because I feel like he needs some Prem experience like to prove himself that he can be a top manager before he... Obviously, he's, he's probably going to get offered the Liverpool job in a, in a few years if he's if he does well at Villa. But yeah, in my opinion, he needs he, he needs to make that change, and I think that Villa are a good club because like I don't think that obviously they're in a bad patch at the moment. I think they've like lost a few games and they're quite low on the table, but um, they're underachieving at the moment. So I feel like when he goes in and he's got a tough like five six games, I think. So mm-hmm. they need to be patient with him, and then I think then you'll start seeing. That he, that he is a good manager and he'll do do well with that squad, I think. I think as well, anyone coming into like a bigger team who's an inexperienced manager, I think when you're at bigger clubs, you've got a lot more um, a lot more personalities and a lot more off-the-field things, I think, to consider. Um, so I just think any time it's a big jump, but I think especially when you're not only not used to managing in that league and how things run. So I do think... You know, you don't want him to come into Liverpool if he if he ever does come in and, and sort of do what Lampard did and goes there and now he gets sacked. You know, like, you don't want that, do you? Because he, he's like your hero, isn't he? And such a club legend that you don't want to sort of tarnish him by going, oh, like, it's, you know, naming lights and this is the dream and there you go. And if it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't match. So I think, you know, if that is the plan, I think this, the stepping stones are there and I think he, he'll, he'll learn more at... Villa than he did at, at Rangers sort of thing. Yeah, I think we need to give him his props though because obviously the Scottish League is between two teams and he sort of broke that, the case as they say, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. stopped Celtic yeah. from winning that, that league and he got it. So I think he, he, he deserves his flowers, don't get me wrong. He's done well to win that with Rangers but um, I do think the Villa job will be very different and he's going to have to prove himself as a manager in the Prem. Um, and I hope he does. Like, I wish him all the best, as as the others do. But, yeah, I think Villa, as Kate said, is the perfect move for him just to start his real managerial career, in a way, in the Prem. Yeah, I think so I can, is, yeah. photos again on Instagram because I don't, I don't really, like, I, I don't know if I should say this, but I don't really like Rangers that much. So, I went away, like, we put a post up about Rangers. I never like her. I'd like to <laughs> So at least like, like I don't mind Villa. So like I I'll start liking his photos again on him on Instagram. <laughs> I was just going to jump in and say off the back of what Nair said there that it's he's beginning his Premier League managerial career before all the Rangers fans get onto us. But I've no chance of, of salvaging it <laughs> yeah. now. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> in terms of though, Kaylee, in terms of kind of going into Aston Villa as well. I mean. Yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge club and it's a great opportunity for him, but he is going to have to hit the ground running there. They've kind of wielded the axe on Dean Smith, who was a club legend, mm-hmm. after just 
in the end, five defeats in a row. And that's kind of seen him pushed out of the door. I, th I think after Newcastle's takeover now, it's the kind of fourth richest club in the Premier League as well. They've owners who have real ambition of getting into Europe. So even just sort of surviving relegation isn't going to be enough for him at Aston yeah. Villa. He is really going to have to go in and, and hit the ground running there. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, the only thing that I think is, you know, they've not been doing too well at the end. They've got like some tough fixtures coming up. And I think surely they've got a, you know, it's going to take time to come in and put a new, a new plan, a new way, a new philosophy through. And you've got to give him a chance, haven't you? You've got to give him a. I do think, you know, he's seen he's done all he's done well at, at Rangers, and I think coming in with the he's got bits of bits of different managers, and I think I, I think he'll be all right. I, I do. I think it might take him a little while, but I think once he gets himself set, I think I've, I've seen loads of people say about um, about Gerard about he's just got this like order about him. He's got this way. Where he, and he drags people with him, sort of like the way he was as a player. You know, he wasn't he wasn't very la you know, I always think Carragher was the one, you know, you'd go to Anfield, you sit there and you'd be you'd be high up, but you'd hear Carragher shouting. You didn't so much hear Gerard, but then next you would get the ball and he'd drive the way through. Do you know what I mean? He'd drag everyone with him. And I've heard people a lot of people say that he's the same as a manager. He just he takes everyone with him and pulls them through. So I think, you know, when if you're if you're a player and you've got Stephen Gerrard coming in to to teach you and, and teach you his trade, I think it just they know. You know, I think when the managers come in and they might not have been at the level, you know, yeah, you listen to them, but do they sort of do they grasp you? Do you know where you go? No, you've done it. You know, um, yeah. So I think I think he'll come in and they'll get a bit of a a lift, you know, from it just being him. You know, he's got Gannon Callister with him as well, hasn't he? Who has always been a, he's always been around it, hasn't he? Been a good coach. So I um no, I do. I think I think they'll give him a little bit of time, but I do think as with anything, you don't get much time in the Premier League, especially anymore, do you? But I do, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, well I read that it's that Piers though, isn't it? For filler who will be mm. dealing with it. So I think he'll give him time because obviously, you know, you know each other well. So I think he will be given time if he does start off in like a bad patch, because obviously he's got He's got the hard fixtures coming up, but I do. I reckon he'll do well. You know, honestly, I do. I reckon he'll do well because, like, I feel like he's like refreshing to watch. You know, like when you're watching him play like Rangers and that, like on the touchline. That I don't know. I just like the way they were playing. Like yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I think we need to bear in mind as well that I think the owners of Villa and the Villa fans know they've lost their talisman. Grealish is gone, and it's oh, it's replaced. Yeah, managing Grealish. I know what a, what a chance to miss for Beelis, really. Um, but yeah, they've lost that, so they need to sort of rebuild because he very much dragged the team. He was there, Gerard, really, wasn't he? Villas Gerard. So um, they need to sort of find a way to replace him, even if it is with numerous players, and find a way to to start winning without him. Alele Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, definitely. I'll come back to you now. Then, I mean, kind of on the the next point regarding Steven Gerrard, and kind of before we move on, there is always the talk about kind of can he be the man in twenty twenty four? If that is when Klopp, it seems likely his contract will be up. If that's when he moves on, if if Gerrard can be the man to to kind of move forward and take on the mantle from Jurgen Klopp, but 
I kind of pose the question then, I suppose, with this coming into the Premier League and that only being two and a half years away, I suppose with the Villa job, even the added pressure of not just kind of performing and, and making sure that Aston Villa perform well, but for Steven Gerrard himself, kind of time of recording, it looks as though Frank Lampard could well be in at Norwich City and Kayleigh's already referenced Frank Lampard before. But if this doesn't work out for Steven Gerrard, do you think he's got a realistic opportunity still and, and time to salvage his reputation to make sure that he can be in that pole position to replace Jurgen Klopp when he does move on? I don't know. I think the way Liverpool are now as a club with Klopp in charge, we'd we'd want someone who would be equivalent or as at least as close to as good as Klopp and have that experience and that sort of mark on the CV to prove that. I think we can't go on just because he's Stephen Gerrard that he gets the job. Um, that would almost be unfair. I don't want to see him be like Lampard and get the sack at Liverpool. I'd never ever want to see that, and I don't want him not. I don't want to see him not succeed at Liverpool. That's my big big thing. I think I want him to get there on good work, not because of his name and who he is. I think he's want that himself though. So yeah. I don't think he, I don't think he's want to go. Oh, like yep, yeah, just I'm Steven Gerrard and I was Liverpool captain. I'm Liverpool legend. I, I want the job. Like I don't think he want that. I also don't think if he didn't think he was ready, if he didn't think he fitted, I don't think he'd want to do that to Liverpool either. No, mm-hmm. well yeah, no, I think article today that um, Callagher obviously is one of his like good mates. He said that like I can promise. Yeah, I'm reading it now. I can promise you this: Steven Gerrard will only ever want to become Liverpool manager on merit. And the Liverpool supporters will only want him to become Liverpool manager on those terms, not because of some kind of romantic homecoming. And he's right, yeah, that's how Gerard is, isn't he? He won't want to just come because he was Liverpool captain. He, he wants to show himself that he can do it. So I think um, going to Villa, he'll have the opportunity to do that. If it doesn't work out, he's still young, you know what I mean? And it yeah, could happen yeah. in the future. And like we were saying, um, Pep Linders could, could be the next one after Klopp, you never know. But if it doesn't work out for um, Gerard at Villa, but he's still young, isn't he? So we can, um, you know, he's got plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, he, he will only get kind of one go at it, won't he? It's not a case of he'll get a... If Gerard were to be appointed and it then didn't work out and then he goes and salvages his yeah. managerial yeah. career and comes back, it would be kind of a, a, a one-time thing you would imagine. But all right then, playing devil's advocate then and kind of setting out what uh, what Liverpool's next manager would need to have on his CV. Of course, Jurgen Klopp arrived. He'd won a couple of Bundesliga titles. He'd won the German Cup as well and was kind of regularly in Champions League football with Borussia Dortmund. Can Steven Gerrard get... Aston Villa to, to that level, you'd argue in the time frame, no, he can't. But Kayleigh, what would he have to do, do you think, to make people think actually on merit, Liverpool's next manager could have just one FA Cup on his CV and a Scottish League title? Or does he need to get Villa into the Champions League or at least into the Europa League through the Premier League? What would you say kind of the parameters would have to be to consider it? I mean, there, there will be a kind of sentiment element to it at any time and if he's a young manager of course maybe he's not had the time to build up the body of work that Jurgen Klopp did through being at Mainz and then Borussia Dortmund but what do you think he would have to achieve in the next two and a half years if he were to be in position then? Do you know what I think it is for me it's more it's more the like the philosophy I it's not more oh you need to win this you need to win that you know if he can set his team up to be, you know, if you look at, you know, not to, to want to talk about them, but if you look at Man- Man- Manchester United the last couple of weeks, everyone's gone out the way they, they don't press and things like that, but Liverpool do. So if he could set his teams up, you've got to remember that 
the team, the players that he's going to have at his disposal at Aston Villa compared to the ones that he would have at Liverpool are going to be completely different. But if he could set his team up to press high and to try and do the right things, that would almost be enough for me in a sense of going, well, if you've got the right attitude and you've got that togetherness, it's like when it's like when Leicester won the league. You know, those players weren't the best players or anything like that, but every game that they played, they all went together, they all understood each other's jobs, they all trusted each other. So if he could get his teams like that, setting up and having a go and being hard to beat and all the things like that, it wouldn't necessarily mean, oh, you've got, you've got to go and win an FA Cup or you've got to go and win that because the players might not be good enough to, or the other teams that they're playing against. The, you know, if you go up against the City team, individually, those players are probably going to be better. So you might still not win anything, but you're, you're setting it up. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I I do agree with you, but I'm just going to needle and just because that's the position I'm in, I'm able to sit here just ask the questions <laughs> and say, but it's a results game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But but my point on that was that if he sets his teams up and has this philosophy that you think, yeah, then it's transferred into better players. I think that's when your your trophies come, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I. Yeah. I I mean, I'll I, I pull on the team and I get outed all the time on, on Blood Red, so I won't hide the fact that I'm a Gooner. I'm an Arsenal fan. And I suppose you look at Mikel Arteta, he's been at Arsenal for 100 games now. He won an FA Cup very early. It doesn't really count for much when you can't really see the vision of where they're moving. It's only kind of been this season and a recent sort of unbeaten run ahead of a visit to Anfield, may I add, quickly before yeah. that game comes around. Next week, anyway. Exactly. But now, now it feels as though you're beginning to kind of see a philosophy, albeit he has already won a trophy. In fact, two. He beat Liverpool on penalties in the, the oh. Community Shield. But we'll move oh, on. No we'll move on quickly from that. Yeah, no, Ella, what, Ella, what's your take, though? Does, does Gerard have to maybe try and win a domestic cup, get Champions League qualification? Or are you more... I don't, the, sorry. That's all right. I we just want, I don't think you can put unrealistic um, expectations on him either. I think you know mm. that, that's a that's a big thing to Aston Villa to go into the the Champions League. You know, I think that's a big step as well. So can't be unrealistic yeah. with him either. You know? in the Champions League, I think you'd hopefully he'll be pushing for that, and he could get into the. Do you know what Villa have got a decent squad when you look at it? They've got the goalkeepers really good. You could brought a few players, and obviously uh, losing Jack Lee, that's just like a miss. But like if Gerard comes in and is able to like give him time to with them players, he, he can get them into the top six. Maybe not this season because he starts off by by bad. But um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they got top six because they are a decent team, aren't they? So they just need to start playing the right way and like um. But well, that might come, you know, if he, if he sets if he sets his team up, that might come because Leicester won the FA Cup as well, didn't he? So. Yep. And not with the best players, but just with a good, well coached good team. Set yeah. And, yeah, sort of thing. And I think, I think the big thing for Liverpool is, I know we had Benitez, and he was, he, you know, he, he wasn't really like that. But we love, don't we, Klopp? Like, how many times do we say, "Oh, I wish I could have a, a Klopp plug"? Do you know, like, he, Klopp has got that that added bit where he just like, you know, even when he does that with the crowd, you know, and he at the end of the games and stuff like that, and gets them going. I think Gerard's got that. He's passionate, isn't he? So I think yeah. I always think. Yeah, he had that time, didn't he, after the old firm where he went right up yeah, to the camera. Like, and you know, head he was going to dive into the crowd. Yeah. He's, <laughs> you know, with Liverpool for me, it's always been like, what I like is, 
you know, go out, get them that type of foot, play good football, but also the other side of it where you've got someone that's, you know, I, I love I love seeing Klopp, and I think Gerard has got that. So if he can then sort of get the other side of it, I think he could uh, could walk into the shoes. I think maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think he needs to make sure the team buy into his style of play as well, and he adapts it to the strengths of the players that he's got round, and so it actually works. Like you said, Kaylee, is it transferable to other teams? Even if it's not the best players, would it look good at Liverpool? Would it suit Liverpool? So I think the philosophy and the, his style of play needs to fit the team and the players he's got around, and hopefully he adapts it to the strengths that he's got at Villa. Because as as we've already said, Villa brought in some more right players. I said the. I expected them to have a worse start than what they have. To be honest, that's why I said I think they've done okay, given they've lost, you know, their playmaker. Um, but I think with Gerald coming in, they'll have a bit of a bit of freshness, a bit of give in them. And I think he will do really well if he adapts his style to the strengths of the players that he's got and gets them to buy into his philosophy. Yeah, well, as I say, the 11th of December, fast approaching, and we'll get a chance to have an early check-in at Anfield and see a progress report from Stephen Gerrard on that Let's move on to our next topic then through the course of the week. And albeit it's international week and it's normally painfully quiet, but plenty has been going on at Liverpool this week. And Ella, uh, Michael Edwards, after a lot of speculation, it's been confirmed that he is going to be leaving Liverpool after 10 years at the club in the summer. Julian Ward's going to be taking over as sporting director. How big do you think this is going to be to Liverpool? Or do you think it's kind of a lot of people making a lot of noise about something that's kind of probably been being planned for for quite a while behind the scenes? Yeah, we've been expecting, haven't we? I think David Ornstein, I think, um, reported in the summer that he was his contract was running out um, and he's not looking, uh, not, not looking likely that he's going to renew. But yeah, he's been boss, hasn't he, for, for Liverpool, like... The, the players he's brought in and the players he sold, like the money we've got for like our fringe players over the years is ridiculous. Like players that you wouldn't expect you'd be getting twenty five million and that for them. Um, so yeah, it will be a miss. It just it just depends how Julian Ward does. Maybe he's been I've heard that he's been in the background for a while now, like um looking over how Edwards works and stuff like that. So hopefully he's learned a lot. Like I think he's been at the club for a while as well. That Julian Ward, I think I've seen something he's been at Liverpool for a while. Um so and he got promoted to be like the um is like under understudy. Um but yeah um it just depends, doesn't it? We don't have much to spend anyway in the summer. So <laughs> the last few seasons it's like dried up a bit. So Michael Edwards probably thought I'm not doing not near I'm getting off. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, but yeah, the business he's done over the years has just been like incredible, hasn't it? Like Sol Coutinho, we've got Van Dijk and Allison. I think that's the best business anyone, any team's ever gonna do. Like seriously, and I think um, Mo Salad as well, obviously the best player in the world at the moment. Um, I think I, I did read somewhere that it, I think that someone wanted Julian Brandt. I don't know how true this is, and Michael Edwards wanted Mo Salah, and that's why we got Mo Salah. Don't know how true that is, but. If that is correct, then yeah, he's just he has been great. So yeah, he'll be a huge miss, but it just depends. Like like I said, if this um Julian um has learned the trade trade uh, watching Edward, so we'll see about me in the next transfer window when we buy no one. <laughs> no, 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 but you're right, you're right there about Mohammed Seller. It was kind of it was supposedly Edwards who was the main man behind the scenes yeah. pushing. Well, Jurgen Klopp yeah. was not sure which attacking player he wanted to yeah. go for. And, he wanted yeah. Julian, Julian. Yeah, he Brandt, did. Yeah, Julian it? Brandt. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there was a, there was another few players sort of being linked around yeah. the time, wasn't there? And yeah, Edwards oh, pushed really hard for. Anyway. 
I think it's I think considering the fact that we haven't ever had the money that like I say is every time, but like City and Chelsea have, when you look at the players that he's somehow pulled out of, you know, and, and got these deals for, they're some of the most successful transfers for the, the club ever. So he, he's just he's been unbelievable. And even the selling players, I mean, I don't know many times, you know, you go and sell Solanke and you you think, oh, you might get like, don't know, seven million for them, then it's like bang, twenty five million. You think, where's the where's that coming from? So I just think but I, I said to these, I, I don't know whether is he getting out of, is he getting out before it all goes pear shaped? <laughs> because <laughs> well, because if you look at it, we've got an, an aging squad really, haven't we, in terms of it's Henderson thirty one, Thiago's thirty, Milner's three hundred and twelve, like he's still going, you know. You, what who else have you got? Even like Fabinho, like twenty eight, yeah. yeah, Van Dyke's thirty, is he? Yeah. Um, you know, and then even the front three there getting on a little bit. So I said to these, you're looking at it thinking, oh, is he saying it's time to move on? Because he's had his 10 years and that was his plan. But we all think he's unbelievable, don't we? Yeah. And if he leaves now, he leaves as a hero and we just think he's been... Whereas if he stays until the end of Klopp's sort of era, two and a half years' time, those players now are going to be pushing on even more into you know the, the mid-30s. It's a big job to make sure that we don't fall off here, I think, to myself, because I just think we've got a lot of ageing players. Klopp's going to go. Is he just thinking, oh, I'll pass it on to me on the study now and I'll leave, you know, which he's, he's, he's entitled to do, but rather than tarnish his, you know, his name, if you like, sort of thing, I just think it's going to be a big job. I think if they, if they don't get it right over the next couple of transfer windows, I think... Half your squad, 35, you know. Mel knows they'll be down like, but... Yeah, no, equally, I, I, I take your point there. It's something I've thought about a bit for quite a while in terms of... Certainly, you look at a number of the contracts that were tied up in the summer. A lot of them have kind of been 2025 20, and beyond, which is even beyond Jurgen Klopp's tenure. So I just wonder now whether it's a case of Julian Ward's going to come in this summer in 2022 as the main sporting director... There's two years left of Jurgen Klopp's contract. Is it now a sort of a two-year transitional period of you begin to see more and more of the likes of Curtis Jones, of Harvey Elliott, of even Kai Gordon coming in? Trent becomes even a bigger player kind of within the squad. I don't know if that's possible given how good he already is, but where it now kind of goes into that and Jurgen Klopp actually starts bedding in, whether it be new players and phasing out the older guard before yeah. a new manager then takes that on. Yeah, I, I've seen it as... If I was Michael Edwards, I've seen it as a 10-year cycle. He's done his 10-year cycle within that team. It's like a new generation coming through now. Um, and he's sort of not taking responsibility for a next generation. He's done his his 10 years. He's and, built his team, hasn't he? He's, yeah, 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 he's built it from the ground up. Our last 10 years have been great, pretty much. All we've done is sort of progress-ish over the last five, definitely. Um, so I do think it's time for someone to come in and sort of start a new cycle. And it might be that post clock era, well, as much as we don't want to say it, he, might, he may not sign another contract and extend. So I do think it's it's sort of him now to start building a new 10-year cycle. Um, I think, I hope, that the new fella sort of keeps in some of Edwards' clauses, you know, the, the additional stuff he added on with Coutinho, um, yeah. the added clause, the premium fees, I think that's what we need to keep 
if we start, imagine someone comes in and Curtis Jones becomes the next world beater, Barca one, and there's an added fee. You know, there's things to stop these teams coming in and sniping our players, basically, and taking them off us. So I think, well, I hope that we've sort of kept that and added it to a bit of philosophy when we're selling on, especially homegrown talent. Absolutely. We need to keep them in, in England, I think. So I do think that it's time for him to move on. I, I agree with his move. As much as I don't want him to move, I think it's a good time. A 10-year cycle is good enough to sort of go, look what I've done in these 10 years. I'm going to leave on a high-ish even though we didn't do any transfers in the summer. But yeah, I do think it's a good time to go and for someone fresh to start their cycle now. But hopefully, as Katie said, it's a big job. It's a lot of the team are aging. It's, it's going to have to be a complete new sort of team eventually in the next five years. I think we'd have to replace a good few of them um, if we're going to be smart and maybe sell for some money because we need it. So, yeah, it is a big job. But hopefully he's the right man for it and he's had a good understudy period and is going to do the best he can. And maybe he picks a 10-year cycle as well. It might be the new thing. He might all decide to start doing a 10-year cycle to keep themselves fresh. And, um... Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Might not be quite a fair comparison to make, but it kind of dawned on me there in terms of, in, in what you said of how Michael Edwards has really had to build things from the ground up and he's been Liverpool's first sporting director. And I wonder if it's a case of like, for example, when Bill Shankly dragged Liverpool up to the levels they are now and the dominant club they are. And then his understudy in Bob Paisley takes over, Julian Ward taking over from Michael Edwards, whether there could be kind of a similar dynamic that there once was with the boot room that's now happening kind of in the back room, almost as it were at Liverpool with the analytics guys who are, who are just now going to kind of roll out the next kind of dynasty of success uh, i suppose that's that's exactly what everyone's going to be hoping for yeah, yeah. Of course we are. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're praying for it never mind who could. <laughs> and it would be nice to see it. it's almost like a philosophy in the back then that we've got sort of tip, tips tricks and trades we can pass on to the next generation the next generation and keep us up we don't want to have this drop off the way no offense to arsenal but he's had a bit of a yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know. and then yeah. you know it, it came to to nothing. So, yeah, hopefully that is the case and we've built a bit of philosophy in the back and we're going to sort of reel out these cycles of sporting directors. That would be ideal. But, you know, we're Liverpool, nothing's ever straightforward here. <laughs> no, we did We did a podcast on Wednesday evening reacting to the news after it had happened. And one other question I kind of put to the writers on the Echo Desk, that no one really kind of seemed to feel it was the case but I'll ask you guys as well was if Edwards has kind of known that this is going to be happening for a little while do you feel kind of the inactivity there was in the transfer window in the summer with only Ibrahima Kanate signing and that was really before the end of last season had kind of even finished that this kind of almost too much forward planning going on and maybe half an eye has been taken off the present day and actually even more should have been done in the summer, even maybe this January and, and into to next summer, because you imagine Julian Ward otherwise is going to have to get his feet straight under the desk and getting on the phone to an awful lot of agents to get players to, to be coming in. Oh, we, we've had this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I just think that um, we didn't sell enough in the summer, so... The only way we buy players is by selling players. That's the only like that's the only thing we do. That's like our transfer policy. It's been the same for the last what ten years. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, I was surprised at the time. I thought we would get a midfielder in the summer, and I thought we'd get someone um to freshen up the attack. But we don't need anyone to freshen up the attack until the Afghan at the moment because the front three are flying. But um, the midfield's a bit um thingy, isn't it? But yeah, it's a bit of a mad. Maybe his maybe his his last sort of thing was making sure that he. He nailed down a lot of his team as well because there was there was a lot of new contracts given to the current yeah. players, wasn't he? And I just think, you know, what are you going to do go into next season if they have known that he was going to go? Which they probably did go into next season where having none of your current players signed into long term deals and also knowing that you're going to have to improve. Like you, you go and there you go. Have all that. that. That's a lot to leave that yeah. person with. So was it more of a case of okay, we'll we'll um, nail down the ones that we've got, and then you can go with your new, your new. Yeah, players. I hadn't thought of it like that exactly. Like yeah, that. kind of leaving someone with a, a team full of stars that you've just signed, and actually not knowing if the signings are, are going to have been a success. Now, that, that I suppose that is yeah. a very logical way of looking at it that I hadn't really. Keep an experience within the team <laughs> when new people come in. Basically, yeah. I'd see it as um, you've still got your role models there. You've still got world class players there. Where. You probably won't feel as under pressure to bring someone, a superstar in just yet. You want someone with good potential that can shadow them players that you've sort of signed to a long-term contract for the next sort of cycle, as we were saying, the 10 years. So it'll be there to help the younger ones while the newer ones come through. Can we just give Mo Salah a pen? And it's a paper. <laughs> I'll let him sign. Do you know the only thing about Salah, though, that I was thinking, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to relax a little bit. Where's he going to go? Because if you're if you're most Salah now, you're the best player in the world. You're How, how old is he? Is he 29? 20, yeah, I think he's 29. Yeah. 29. So, do you know, so, and I just think, so if you're, he's the best player in the world, he is. So, but where are you going to go? Because, Barcelona aren't the Barcelona that they were five years ago. Real Madrid aren't the Real Madrid that they were five years ago. Italy, no. Bayern Munich, okay, Bayern Munich are a good team, but you don't, you're not going to want to play in that league. PSG, they're all old as well. I still, you know, there's too many things. If you're Mo Salah now, where do you go for more? He's not the You're challenging for the league. You're challenging for the Champions League. You've got the best manager, the best fans, the best. Want to argue be the best star in elevens? Where'd you go? So I think he's, he's still there. I think he's got a lot of leverage in terms of like leaving because what's a better option? So he said um, he wants to stay. He has said he wants to stay. I'm a bit more relaxed. I think it'll be so. I do think it'll. Well, be... I, do, I do. I do feel like it will be sorted, but the longer it goes on, the more like worries to get. And I think every time he scores a goal, they're gonna put another uh, fifty grand on that. Another <laughs> fifty grand on that a week. But yeah, I do reckon I'll get sorted, but I just wanna I wanna I just want that announcement now. So he so, so he turns so he turns thirty in the summer. He he's thirty one yeah. when his contract expires in the summer of twenty twenty three. You're saying there, Kaylee, there's there's nowhere really for him to go. So I mean this is a really this is a really sort of I suppose devil's advocate question to, to pose then. Mm-hmm. Why should Liverpool negotiate with him when he's in the best form of his career? Because surely this is the time where he really can demand top dollar and Liverpool can't really say no to it, as opposed to maybe trying to sort of tie up a contract out of season when he's not showing everyone every single week just how brilliant he is. <laughs> no, I, 
I'd still, I'd give him, I, I mean, what is it that he's wanting 400, 400 grand a week? I mean, it's a bit much, I think, it, then that's a whole different story about the wages for the other players and things like that. But I just, I just think, not that he's stuck, because obviously he could go and he could get the money, but I just think to get the best of both worlds, I think, I th- I, and I'm not, that's not me having blinkers on, I think we're the best team and the best yeah. place for him to be. So I think, yeah, he, I mean, I said every week, I was like, somebody, I think I tweeted it like weeks ago, I was like, somebody needs to just get that sorted because he's just going to keep building and building and it's going to go up and up and up. But then I also think it's going to level out to the point that we can negotiate it with it a little bit. I still think, yeah, paying because he's the best player in the world and there's, there's no one like him. Is there? I know like he can do what Messi does and things like that, but Messi's older and coming to the end of his career, isn't he? So I just think there's nobody like him, so we can go and demand that. But then also, well, yeah, well, we're Liverpool and look at what we're doing, where else you're going to go. So I do think it'll even out a little mm-hmm. bit, but I do think, he, yeah, you've got to give him it, haven't you? You can't, you can't not give him it. Yeah, yeah. So, what's that mean with the um, with the wages? Ale Rouge on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, definitely right. Okay, Ella, you mentioned it before, and final topic to get onto before we do wrap up. Only ten minutes or, or so, so we'll rattle through this topic. You mentioned midfielders before. We've spoken about everything off the pitch, so let's talk about the uh, on-field action. Of course, prior to the international break, the defeat at West Ham saw Liverpool's club record equaling 25-game unbeaten run ended. A lot of focus has been put onto the midfield following that as well as the defence. Is that kind of the the Achilles heel within this side? Last year, it was centre-half. This season, it seems as though it could be midfield. Yeah, it just... Um, we I knew it was going to happen, you know, the minute we didn't... What happened with Van Dijk and Lovren? No, but what happened with Van Dijk and Lovren? We didn't buy a centre-back and then all our centre-backs got injured. But this season, we didn't replace Wijnaldum and now all our midfielders are getting injured. But um, I'm surprised that Klopp went into the season relying on their midfielders, if that makes sense. Because half of them are injury-prone, Thiago's injury-prone. But we knew what we were getting. He'll play about 20, 30 games a season. But obviously, he's great when he plays. Henderson's injury-prone. Kaita is injury-prone. Fabinho's getting a few him. Nibbles here and there, isn't he? But um, yeah, it's not, um, it is the midfield. But we look a bit open in midfield. I think um, when Genie used to play, obviously he used to win the ball back and stuff like that. So we're missing we're missing that um, side of the game. Um, so we are looking a bit open in when we're playing. Like we're conceding a lot of chances. Um, but it's not it's not that bad, is it? We're, we're only four points off the top. Um, so I think. If we put a little run together again, then we'll be fine. But I feel like we say about unbeaten run and that, but we, we've drawn a lot of games, to be honest. So we need to start turning them draws into wins like we used to. Like we used to, when we used to go to like 1 0 down in the game the other year with the with Klopp side, you used to think, oh, 1 0 down, we'll win this 2 1, we'll win this 2 1. But now, like, I'm not seeing us like go out there and like win the game. We'll just half settle a draw. Do you know what I mean? With like the Chelsea game, I feel like we just settle with that draw. Um, because Chelsea goes hard, but yeah, it's yeah, we'll be alright. Us. <laughs> on the do you want be? I don't know where this unbeaten run thing comes from. Because do, does anyone really care? Does anyone really care about an, an unbeaten run? Like you don't get anything for it in half the time. You, you know, you you could go unbeaten the whole season. You could get relegated because you haven't got enough points because you drew every game. So 
That unbeaten run thing never bothers me. I think sometimes you, you, you're better off losing a few and winning the rest. And I said to these before, I always remember the year, uh, the Kiev year, and it haunts me this. It haunts me because we drew a lot of games, but I always remember we played Leicester at Anfield and it was like a 42nd minute, 47th minute, something like that. And Andy Robinson, he dived in on like the halfway line. I think it was against Mark Brighton. honestly, haunts me. And he gave away a free kick. And I, I've never gone so crazy at a, at a foul in my life because I was screaming because I was like, what are you doing? You're going in one nil at half time. And you just give away a free kick. You've got Harry Maguire with his big moon head and he comes and scores off the free kick. And we drew that game. They come, they come, <laughs> they come out <laughs> last time and change the game. And I always think, well, we only we only lost that league by a point that season, I think. So if we would have won that game, we'd have won the league, but we were didn't get beat. What for me, this oh, at least you didn't get beat. That's fine on like a participation level, you know, when all the kids and you give all the kids a, a, a trophy. But when it comes to sport, if you don't win, you lose. If, in my opinion, you know, I understand, oh, that's a good draw, you know, going away to Chelsea and, you know, picking up a draw, coming home and beating them. Yeah, I understand that. That's a good point. But really, you want to win, don't you? So this whole unbeaten thing, it, 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 it's just stupid. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, the unbeaten thing. I never, never, never got it, like... Let go, that draw. Let go of that draw with Leicester, Kayla. It's all right. Look at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember exactly where it was on the pitch and that. Yeah. I just remember it. Like, but was, after that, everyone was like, oh, at all, yeah. he didn't get beat. What? The City, yeah, no. the City goal, um, our goal that didn't go in against City, and he zoomed in and it. Yeah, the thing I have with the unbeaten thing as well, Naya, though, is the fact that. Half of it was from the back end of last season, that run to getting into the top four and yeah. securing Champions League. It's not the same, is it? It's been over two yeah, it's been over two seasons. It's not the same. I don't, I'm the same as Kaylee. I hate anything to do with participation and things like that. You either win or you lose. I'm very much a winner. So I get really angry when people just sort of go, oh, yeah, unbeaten and I think a draw to me is like a loss. So please don't say that because I get really annoyed about it. We still drop two points. I just, think that, I just think this season's been a bit weird in terms of, you know, you've got Salah who nobody scored or assisted more than him. Is he, is he on? Is he level with Benzema, I think? So is, it, is he level with them, 17? Both of them got 17. He's flying. You've got Mane who I, I thought was finished at one point, but he's, <laughs> I think he's got eight, eight and 12 starts. He seems to be putting away his chances again. You've got Bobby's popping up a goal, Jota's popping up a goal. So, I think we've we've created the most chances. We've uh, we must have scored. Or oh, we've scored We've conceded eleven. And I said to these, I was like, with um, against West Ham, I was like, we look as if we're just wide wide open at times. I don't know where it's come from. We were we were solid at one point. We went like so many games without conceding, and it's just like we're wide open. And I said it's like Moses opening the Red Sea again. Like it just. It's like, where have you gone? It's just, and it's like, I like to just, and then it's gone, and then we're open, and you're like, where's that come from? So, I don't I think know. I'm it. I was just on, on tip top. Midfield on tip top. There's a lot of gaps in there, and I don't think. I think Alison's made some unbelievable saves as well this year, yeah. which I think, yeah, you know, if, if that's another keeper, the situation would be a little bit, a little bit worse. 
I think it's been a bit sloppy. I don't know what you two think. I know we've said it before. We think Robert has not been himself. I was thinking though the other day when Gerard Bowen ran through, he went past about four Liverpool players. I'm just thinking if that City, if that Chelsea, can't he's bringing them down there? That City, that's Ferentino or Rodby, they're bringing them down. We just like we're too soft. Honestly, we're too. I think we're too soft this season. Like obviously, Fabio is like amazing, but I, I don't know why they just let him run, like they're scared to get a yellow card. Was like, but I just feel like he should have just been brought down there, take the yellow card. And that's fine. Um, but he just he just ran through like we weren't there. I was just like, wow. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of points dropped this season by all teams, is what I think. I think the league's not as strong as um, the league's better. Then when obviously the other teams are better in the league, like when we us in City were getting ninety odd points and that the league's improved, so no one's getting ninety odd points to win the title this season. I can't see it. Like City dropped points the other week to Crystal Palace, they seem to be, be like their bogey team. Um, but yeah, um, Chelsea dropped points to Burnley, I think. So um, I can I know obviously us with Brighton and um, West Ham, but I was more annoyed about the Brighton game. I think because we were two 0 up at home. Cruising, I think Manny had to go this lad because it went 3 0 up, and it was just like literally sad. And then I don't know what happened in the second half, they just come out on like rollerblades or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I, I think like, that's the only thing, is, isn't it? Is that you know, you always say, Oh, capitalize when you, your rivals slip, mm. but like you said, it, it is a, there is a bit more competitive, and at least we haven't fell off completely, but I don't think we're going to get that many more chances where, you know, you, Chelsea drop points and you're like rubbing your hands together, weren't you thinking, yeah, like, you know, and then we go and get beat and you're like... But then I think, though, the, um, we're one point behind City and whoever finishes above City, quote me on this, if, but I think whoever finishes above City is winning the league this season. Obviously, Chelsea have started great and like the top of the league and that, but... I think them in a lot, though. I've been watching them and they've been conceding chances. I think the XG expected goals is like dead eye in that. I've seen like Mendy's pulling off like all saves everywhere. Um, I think Bre- I was watching the Brentford game, Chelsea Brentford game, and honestly, I don't know how Brentford didn't score because if that was against us, he probably would have. But the, the, the Mendy was just flying everywhere. I was like, how have these not scored? I think they hit the yeah, post. I, think, like, I, I think our tactics lad said the other day is the highest performing goalkeeper in the league yeah. and it, it, it isn't a surprise to see Allison is right up there as well I think he's he's maybe third behind yeah no definitely right we're gonna have to wrap things up there the next six for Liverpool in the Premier League Arsenal at home so don't worry that's Liverpool back to winning ways Southampton <laughs> as well at Anfield before a Merseyside derby visit to Everton a Wolves away and then home games with Aston Villa Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa and Newcastle mm. United before that festive run of fixtures begins but from myself Guy Clark Ella Hooten Naya Robinson and Kayleigh Brown thanks for your time and company here on Alley La Rouge it's bye for now <laughs> You've been listening to the Ballet La Rouge podcast on the Blood Red channel.